Will you pray with me now? Gracious God, may all who hear my words this day hear your words this day. Bless us and fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit that our eyes may be opened, that our ears may receive, that our hearts may be turned toward the gospel and the light of Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. We are, as a nation right now, from sea to shining sea, practicing keeping physical distance from one another. But social distancing is another thing altogether, isn't it? People have been practicing social distancing for years and years and decades and centuries and eons. People have taken the time and the, the opportunity to decide who's different, who is other, who is strange, who is not like me. And we have found ways, even within religious practices, of separating ourselves from one another. Jesus, in uh, the Gospel of John, is walking down the road and he sees a man who is born blind from his birth. Now I want to prepare you that this is a Sunday while the rest of us are worshiping online where Jesus seems to have taken almost the whole Sunday off because you'll see him at the beginning of this passage and at the end of this passage. And everywhere in between, the church is left to figure out for how to respond. And it reminds me a lot of how this current crisis in our country has settled in upon us. As they walk up and they see a man who was born blind from his birth, the disciples turn to Jesus and they try to make a theological question out of it. Master, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? Because you see, the prophets have said that this generation will eat sour grapes and the children's teeth will be set on edge. There was room within the, the beliefs of Jesus' people that God could punish others for the sins of this person over here. So it was an important question. This man was born, and before he even had a chance to commit a sin, before he had reached the age of accountability, he was already born blind. And we know, we know from the laws of Moses that God blesses those who do well, and God punishes those who do evil. Moses himself had said, when you come to the land, remember that the Lord is telling you that if you do well in the land, I will prosper you and I will bless you and I will make you great. But if you sin, I will turn from you and I will throw you out of the land. So it became easy, easy for God's people to start making connections between those who are afflicted in some way and the practice of evil. They made a moral or ethical decision that those who were struggling with affliction were somehow responsible through their own sin. It's a convenient place to be because it lets all of us off the hook for, for responding to their afflictions. We can just leave them there by the side of the road begging and say, well, they deserve it, don't they? And Jesus responds by saying, it was not this man who sinned, nor was it his parents. And, and we struggle a little bit with our English translation because it, it says in the English, this happened so that God could be glorified. 
But honestly, that makes God out to be a very gruesome God to go around people just so that he can say, ta-da, you're fixed. And in the Greek, it doesn't say so that. It just says rather so that God may be glorified. And the rather there is pointed to the question that the disciples are asking, not to the issue of the man's blindness. You're asking the wrong questions. Peter, James, John, all the rest of you. The question is how in this current circumstance that this man finds himself God be glorified. And then Jesus did something that today would have, would have caused all of us shrink back in horror. He spat on the ground and made mud. Now think about that in this time of the coronavirus. When we're afraid of the tiniest little respiratory drop getting anywhere, the man spat on the ground, made mud, put the mud in the blind man's eyes and said, now go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And so the man did what Jesus asked. Jesus and his disciples went on their way. And when the man washed, he found that his eyes had been opened. The literal translation for the word eyes in the Greek is the viewers. The viewers had been opened. And sometimes that word is also used to describe a point of view. And I think that's what John would have us drill down into this passage, that when the man washed according to the word of Jesus, his whole point of view changed and he became something new. He beheld something new. He saw the world as something new. And the first thing he did was go back to his old neighborhood where people saw him walking along and said, hey, isn't that the man that was born blind? Well, it looks like the man that was born blind, but he, he can see now. Well, then it can't be the man that was born blind. And they're having this whole conversation, and the man is saying, you know, I'm sitting right here. I can hear you. And so they asked the man, well, then how is it that you are able to see? A guy came by, mud on my eyes, told me to go and wash, and when I went and washed, I could see. So it's you, and you can see. So who was the man that opened your eyes? And he said, look, I couldn't see until I went and washed, so I have no idea who this man was. All I know is that I can see. At this point, they brought him to the Pharisees. And here's where the story takes a dark turn. Because it was the Sabbath when Jesus healed the man. There are Sabbath rules against kneading, making bread. If you haven't thought to make your bread ahead of the Sabbath, you're not allowed to do it on the Sabbath. And Making mud in the ground is considered kneading according to the, eyes of a, according to the word of the law. And so Jesus has done work on the Sabbath. Likewise, anointing somebody, as in anointing their eyes, is considered work. You're not allowed, according to the laws of the Sabbath, you're not allowed to actually anoint somebody on the Sabbath. And so they begin to ask the man, how did this guy heal your eyes? And he tells them, he made mud, put it on my eyes, and I could see. And they're continually asking over and over again, how did it happen? How did it happen? How did it happen? Because they're trying to get a testimony against Jesus. Because Jesus has made something very uncomfortable happen. A man who was excluded from the community of faith 
is now being included because he has no more affliction and therefore no more sin. At one point, they go and they call the parents to verify that this man was actually born blind and that he has received his sight again. And the parents come in and they basically disown the man right in front of him. Hey, look, he's of age. Don't bother us in this. We know that he's our son. We know that he was born blind. As to how he became sighted, we have no idea. You're going to have to ask him. He is of age. And they dismiss the parents. And they come back one more time. And they get very theological with this man. The guy who healed you. The reason we're so persistent in our questioning. He broke the Sabbath. Don't you understand? He broke the most fundamental of religious laws. Don't you, don't you get it? He's a sinner. And the man said, I don't know anything about that. What I know, what I can tell you, what I've been telling you, the only thing I've been telling you, you're the ones who keep trying to embellish my story. And the simple truth is, I was blind, and now my eyes are opened, and I see. Well, how do you think this happened? Do you think that this sinful man could have healed you? You are his disciple, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm just a man who was born blind who can see. Well, we follow Moses. Well, all right. Then how is it you don't understand what's happening? Because never in all the world, from the time of Moses to now, has something like what you're looking at happened. As I stand here before you, I tell you, this man has to have been of God. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's a prophet, mighty and powerful. And what I want to know is, how do you not see this? And the Pharisees, unable to answer the man, do what all people do when they're afraid of what is happening. They just drove him out of their presence. You know what's interesting? The disciples talk about this man right in front of him. His friends from the old neighborhood talk about him right in front of him. The Pharisees are having this long conversation about him and about Jesus. Nobody wants to give this man his dignity. Nobody wants to give this man his due. No one wants to give this man his place. And they drive him from their presence. And the Gospel of John doesn't even do the man the courtesy of giving him a name. The closest they come to naming him anything is the Greek word anthropos, humanity, this man. And therefore, John would have us know, he speaks for all humanity. And Jesus comes back to find him. And he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Tell me who he is, and I will believe. And Jesus says, I am. I am, the same word that spoke the same person, the same entity, the same God who spoke to Moses through the burning bush, now completing 
completing the work that he told Moses to announce to Pharaoh. That those who are in deep distress, those who are in hardship, those who are being broken by life are being delivered. I am. There's a word of warning in all of this. I have to do this work now because darkness is coming, said Jesus at the beginning of the passage. And now to the man who is born blind and can see. He simply affirms, your eyes have not misled you, for you see with the eyes of faith. Now there were Pharisees still lurking around the edges, and they're saying, surely you're not saying that we're blind, this man can see, and Jesus turns to them and says the simple truth. If you claim that you understand and if you claim that you can see and that you have not yet been touched by the, eye, by the hand of Jesus, then you're still blind. Blindness, which is acknowledged, is not sin. But those who in their pride and arrogance say, I, I see just fine and I don't need what you need, for them the sin remains. This is a an interesting story, a powerful story, an intricate story. And it's a story that points out that sharing the testimony of Jesus can be a lonely, lonely thing at times. His neighbors turned their back. The Pharisees kicked him out. Where does somebody who's been touched by the life of Christ turn? There's nowhere to turn but to the church, to the community of the faithful. And what is the word for the community of faithful except that we are the ones who, like a man who was sent to the pool at Siloam, we are the ones who are sent. And we're sent to give our testimonies. We're not sent to learn the doctrines of the church. and We're not sent to learn how to quote Scripture backward and forward. We're not sent to do all these things that will keep a church running, but we are sent to give our testimony about Jesus Christ. And it's a testimony of inclusion. It's a testimony of forgiveness. It's a testimony of healing. It's a testimony that says, even while we walk in spiritual blindness, God sees it all. Even if we are walking through a dark and shadowy valley, God sees all. All of it. God knows all of it. Knows our addictions. Knows our fears. Knows our secret sins. Knows all of it. God sees all of it and he opens our eyes to admit who and what we are. And as our eyes are opened, we see him as he truly is. Our Savior, our Lord, and our Redeemer. And in this season, when the world is sheltering in place, shutting their eyes to what is happening around them, you have a testimony to give. For God has touched your life. Don't worry if it doesn't seem big or bold or it doesn't seem spectacular. In fact, the simpler, the better. But get online, pick up the phone, Write a letter and give your testimony to someone. The testimony, not all about you, but the testimony about what Jesus has done for you. For God is 
opening our viewers and showing us his kingdom. Darkness is coming, said Jesus. Indeed, it's hard not to feel that way. But in this wave, this sweep of darkness across our land, the power, the light, the victory of Christ is coming with it. And it's coming through you and through me and through all eyes are open to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.